0: Hello and welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two thirds of your host, Daniel, and um, num I love the taste of leather. That's me. If I were Jughead in this episode, he sucks. Oh. Joining me is that other third, Jesse.
1: Um, I mostly just want to show off the new uh, sound I got on my soundboard, but here. Oh
0: yeah. Hark! Nice. Uh, that, uh that's the, that's uh, that's Lighthouse Hark. Yeah,
1: that's how. Uh, that's how. Um. Archie felt the end in this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, one time I did get, like, very high and thought to myself, what if I could take an episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me? And then every time Travis spoke, I just replaced that with the uh, monologue from The Lighthouse, the Hark one. Yeah. And it worked pretty good for the first ten minutes, and then I got really bored, because Travis talks a lot. Ugh. But uh, it was really funny for the first ten minutes,
1: yeah, part of me, so so I'm in I'm in of three minds right now. I wanna uh-huh. do one of three things. Either I want to get a 3D printer, mm-hmm. get a sewing machine, mm. or lure the lighthouse, the the that wood speech that he says in the lighthouse. All are gonna take about the same amount of effort for me to do, right. and I need to figure out which one I'm gonna do.
0: Well, one is cheaper than the others, but far less practical. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I can already say "damn ye like you know, pretty well. So, like, I'm already most of the way there.
0: All right. Before we get into this episode, um, let's do a brief actor spotlight on the actress that plays Evelyn Evernever, uh, the creepy daughter of a cult leader in Riverdale. She is uh, portrayed by the actress Zoe degrand Maison. Uh, which can be spelled uh, either Zoe, Z-O-E, with a, what an accent mark on the E, uh, day, space, grand, space, Mason, or Zoe, day, grand, hi- uh, apostrophe, Mason, or even Zoe, day, grand, hyphen, Mason. But uh, she's a Canadian actress, I'm assuming, from Quebec, uh, with a ridiculous name such as that. <laughs> but uh, she is, yep, Montreal, Quebec. Nailed it. Uh, She's known for playing the roles of Gracie Johansson in Orphan Black, Ashley in the movie Bad Hair Day, and of course, Evelyn Evernever in the CW teen drama Riverdale. Uh, She was born in May of 1995, she's 26, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, Not a lot else on this Wikipedia page, but uh, in 2012, she made her first television appearance on Saving Hope on CTV Television Network and NBC where she played Tara. Same year she also played Beth Pelway in the movie An Officer and a Murderer on Lifetime. And then she played Emily Moreland uh, for four episodes on the Canadian series Played. Um, and then this is just kind of a resume of her stuff. It's it's not there's not a ton here. I haven't I haven't heard of most of these. Okay. Um, Uh, She has won... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I haven't mentioned this, but uh, I I like her crazy eyes, which means I automatically... She's one of my favorite characters, because I love (laughs) characters with crazy eyes. Uh,
0: Well, she has won a few awards uh, in in her career. In 2015, she won Best Performance in a TV Series, guest starring young actress 17 through 21, uh, for her work in Motive a Canadian, Canadian police procedural crime drama. Uh, she was also nominated uh, for the same g- category. Oh, sorry, not the same category. This is Best Performance in a TV Series Recurring Young Actress 17 to 21 uh, for Orphan Black, but she did not win that.
1: Orphan uh, Black that is was the Young Good. Artist
0: Award. Yeah, it is. I should rewatch it at some point. I never finished that. <laughs> she also won um, Best Supporting Actress at the International Christian Film Festival for... Her work in Adam's Testament, a Canadian 2017 drama film. Uh, And and she did win Best Supporting Actress for that. I just want to see what this uh, movie's about. It's about the tragic death of his mother. Adam takes refuge even more in music with his band and his girlfriend. His father, Joseph, who works as a detective, is faced with the mission of saving Adam's soul. (laughs) Since angels and demons disguise themselves as humans... This ancient spiritual war between good and evil will put Adam's faith to the test. While an unknown being, full of darkness, descends to-, to Toronto to further damage this war. This took a sharp left turn.
1: Okay, so at first I'm just like, yuck, Christian film. It sounds like more of like a um, like a John Constantine story or Constantine technically, but I don't, I hate saying it that way. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like a Constantine story, but with a different protagonist like it's just like right. this big like thing with angels and demons and everything it sounds right. cool actually
0: it, it does i mean <laughs> since it was it was nominated and did, did win awards at the international christian film festival i'm assuming that it's not so much like um your uh i want to say contemporary but that's not the word i'm thinking about uh, like you you non-denominational you know your your dogmas and your constantines where... It's got the the apings of Christianity, but it's really just for the aesthetic, of angels and demons. This one seems like it's probably a little sincere in it, but it does sound like there is an angelic war in the so, movie, so like, that's pretty cool. Okay,
1: I think I think what I was I think what I was trying to say it was it's like cool in the way that like people who used to be Catholic that really likes Christian mythology makes like goth as fuck mm-hmm. like angels yeah. and stuff like that you know what i'm talking about like early 2000s like action movies with angels and demons yeah. and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah
0: like yeah that. that's yeah that's that's kind of secular that's the word those are like you know like the kind of like secular christian movies where they're like uh you know they're gonna pull in the christian mythos but they're really just kind of using it to make a cool action movie this one's probably a little bit more sincere in it's uh foundations but i mean it sounds fun and and like and i I just love that sharp turn from after the death of his mother he gets deeper into music also his dad's fighting a spirit war against angels and demons
1: because like because i know it's not gonna be as good as it sounds but also at the same time i'm thinking of like a legion remember that one where like all the where angels protecting against a bunch of like demons are trying to get some of the humans that were left after the rapture i think like jude law was in or something like that yeah, like I, I, I I that. That's that. what I'm thinking about, like with this. But it's probably going to yeah. be spiritual war, as in, like, oh, you're being tempted to like look at some boobies or something, like.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm assuming this seems like a pretty uh, indie budget sort of movie, so I'm assuming it's a lot of like colored contacts and very subtle effects to hint at demonic and angelic powers without actually having to like use giant wings and make them fly through the sky with swords and shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to imagine that's what it is. And, uh, right. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that was uh, Evelyn's or Zoe's entire deal. So there you go. We've we've learned about her. And having done that, we can now get into this episode, which is, of course, Riverdale Season 3, Episode 14, Chapter 49, Fire Walk With Me.
1: Wait, are they just mentioning th- th- this is just the... the- Twin Peaks movie. Oh, Name. is that yeah? Fire walk with oh. me.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I would believe some of the writers on the show uh, are David Lynch fans. I could definitely see that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. This, uh, from what I remember, this is a dumb episode, but
0: like it is, but not boring. Hey, re- remember how we mentioned a few episodes ago? Like, um how the serpents keep on just like getting jobs that don't pan out and it's never like really explained why okay
1: so i am 100 percent about uh a cab uh, that's like you know big big mm-hmm. part of my ideology Yeah. the serpents is just getting shittier and shittier as this <laughs> yeah as this goes on like
0: good news jesse i don't really remember them doing too much with uh that Plot point uh, beyond like this, maybe this and maybe next episode, because um, much like everything else, the serpents are hard to do. I think they just sort of forget about it after a couple of episodes. <laughs>
1: OK, good, because that's a bad that's it's a bad, bad plot point.
0: Yeah. Um. So we're opening with, um. of course, uh, Alice uh sprucing us the house because we learned at the end of the last episode she wants to sell the house. And so she's having an open house. And, of course, Jughead's monologuing about, like, what the listing says. And Alice is going by Alice Smith now. She's no longer using um, Hal's last name.
1: Which makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so Alice is, you know, giving her her spiel, and then Betty comes around the corner. Uh, and it's like, this is also the place where my serial killer father planned all his death murders and showed us his snuff films. Isn't
1: that neat? Yeah. Um, Which, but basically. Oh, go ahead. Okay, yeah. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If she said that to the right couple, they would double the price right. that they would pay for it.
0: To be fair, she does mention, I think, in the scene after this, like, I have to think of something else before some freak shows, like, decide that's a selling point.
1: Oh, they're talking about true crime fans.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. exactly, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, I will say it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense that she's going for the uh, serial killer angle uh, to deter, to lower the property value of this place, essentially. But also, like... You know, Alice mentions the good schools here. I would probably throw in, you know, the gangs and the drug wars that are currently happening.
1: Also, it just went through a quarantine, like, not too long ago. The whole
0: town, yeah. I mean, that was the whole town, though. I'm assuming these people are local and they're just looking to move into a nicer neighborhood.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Meanwhile, the gym manager uh, at the gym Archie boxes at is like, Hey, bro, you gotta pay dues. And Archie's like, I don't got a job, so... it's like, well, you can, uh be my janitor, and then you can just work here or practice here for free. And she's like, bet, for sure. And that's gonna come back later. Yeah. M- meanwhile, um, the serpents are hanging out in their school club room, but the farmies have shown up saying they've reserved the room. Um, But at the same time, Cheryl and the poisons have shown up saying that actually they have the room.
1: Wait, wait. It says the pretty... Okay, wait. The pretty serpents... Mm-hmm and i'm pretty sorry poisons. pretty poisons and the mm-hmm. lgbtq plus i think it's just the ls
0: <laughs> it's
1: just the l uh, in on, that one see. i mean unless there's some trade there might be some trans folk or some well, ace folk
0: hang on let me let me see for sure what she says but um i mean there could be some like bi people there but uh
1: be. yeah but it, that's clearly a lesbian gag, though
0: yeah so she says every third Wednesday of every month is reserved for monthly student council slash LGBTQ. Okay, yeah. So she's bringing in the pretty poisons under the LGBTQI banner. Then, uh, yeah, you know, it could be some mostly L's. I'm guessing some B's, maybe a maybe a T or two.
1: Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I don't see. I don't. Well, if they're going by traditional LGBTQ. That I don't think there's a lot of a lot of G's in there because that generally no. refers to a male, like dude loving dudes. Yeah. Well, there could be a couple people who identify as a uh, as um as a man. I don't know. Whatever. Basically, people get in it's, a fight. It's not
0: that important. Yeah, the all three gangs uh, get into a fight, and then someone's like, "Yo, Joker, check it out! Your gangs fighting." Tony, you too. Um, and so Principal Weatherby pulls uh, Jughead and Tony into his office, being like, uh, I said no gang activity at school, goddammit! If you can't sort this out, then I'm gonna expel everyone, or something like that. Oh, he mentions also, uh, that someone's robbed the chemistry lab. Um, for thousands of dollars of equipment that can be used to make drugs.
1: Hey, it doesn't take a lot to um... make
0: drugs. Yeah, I guess not.
1: Like, they could just take, like, $50 worth of glassware, (laughs) and they have most of it that they need. Uh,
0: Meanwhile... Oh, God, this is a really stupid plot. Uh We jump to (sighs) La Bonnui, um, and so... uh, Gladys and her adult (laughs) serpents are hanging out there, uh, being a nuisance. Meanwhile... Uh, Hiram's using this place to court uh, investors for some reason. Because uh, I know when I'm a big important businessman, uh, I'm impressed when you take me to a teen bar for children uh, instead of a nice restaurant. But <laughs> point being, both of them aren't here. Neither of them are paying for anything because Veronica owes them both money. And Veronica says this is unacceptable. We got to figure out a way to. Uh, fix this situation essentially is her plot line this episode Um, and so she's like I know the one night we made way more money than any other night is when we made this an illegal gambling hall something that remember when I said I wasn't going to corrupt the youth by serving alcohol and gambling you remember that she didn't even last a
1: year this is a few months maybe
0: yeah like three months maybe
1: Maybe four. I'll you know what? I'll give her four months. You
0: will give her four. All right. Yeah. Uh, a full fiscal quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Archie's sweeping up as per his new job. Um. And here's some. Uh, here's uh, essentially a lighter clicking somewhere in the gym. Um. But then Josie shows up. So they're both going to investigate now and figure out what that dang noise is.
1: You know, I noticed something. Um. Josie doesn't immediately jump his bones anytime she meets his so maybe, like maybe Josie has like <laughs> like the ability to communicate. Like a,
0: like yeah, I feel like Josie might be a little bit um more mature? Not mm. mature's a word for it. Um Communitive. stable stable's not the word I'm looking for. I mean, I'm bad with words today. It's it, it's something but
1: that it's something that Veronica steady, doesn't I have. Think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, they open up a door, and there's a little boy with a lighter hanging out here alone. And so uh, they take him to Pop's, because where else are you going to take a little orphan boy at this hour uh, of the night? <laughs> and uh, he explains his backstory. His name's Ricky. Uh, he ran from a shelter because there were some mean kids there who branded him... Uh, with with the Gargoyle King marked for sacrifice, I don't know if we quite find that out here or later, but I mean that is the point. I think it's here. He explains why they can't call social services.
1: Yeah, because you know who's like really you know who's like really well. good at taking care of kids. Yeah, who's that? Teenagers.
0: You're so right, Jesse.
1: Yeah, it's teenagers. Uh like Archie perfect perfect dad material
0: as as we'll soon learn when he leaves him alone at Pops for the day for some reason oh
1: fuck i just realized this is the episode where they put rip luke perry at the end no
0: oh was this a, was that at the end of this, <laughs> this episode this was at the end
1: of this episode oh man
0: well rip luke perry
1: P. L- <laughs> oh man i just remembered ah oh. I was I was thinking about good dads, and then like I'm just like rip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, Archie, of course, takes this kid home, sets him up in the garage. Uh, Yeah, I mean that's that's it. Sets him up in the garage. Yeah. So I guess he takes him to pops during the day to like, cause so there's like at least an adult somewhere to look after him, but like. I feel like it's not that big of a deal to just leave him in this garage, as long as he's got, like, food and water.
1: He, I'm gonna, like, like, is he gonna make the best decisions? No. But he's old enough to know, to, you know, lock the door and, like, you know, eat food when he's hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Though I would love to live in that garage if I was a kid. Like, I'd be so fucking stoked.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> sweet garage. Not great for, you know, like, the wintertime. There's zero insulation in a garage. But, you know, if it's nice out, for sure, it's a cool hang spot. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Tony is uh, upset with Cheryl once again because uh, Cheryl has once again instigated a gang fight uh, without Tony's orders despite Tony supposedly being the head of this gang. Um, And so she's kind of putting her foot down and saying, hey, this is my gang. Um, I'm in charge. And Cheryl does a real shitty thing here. (laughs) Um, And says, you're so right, bestie. Uh, I wouldn't want you to have to punish me either. Because then it would be so awkward when, you know, we get together to meet at my house and use my stuff. You know, like where you live, by my grace.
1: (laughs) Hey. Oh my god, Cheryl was, like, kind of redeeming herself a little bit, and, like, she just flushed that down the toilet.
0: Uh, so it's the next day, they're at school, they're hanging out in the lounge, um, recapping how Kevin's joined a cult, um, and how Betty's house is getting sold. God, I love... I do love... So, you know, Betty's like, oh, Kevin's in the fucking cult, No, oh, my mom's in the house, and Ron's like, well, you know, if you ever need a place to stay, the Pembroke's open... Archie's like, yeah, we could stay in my garage. Although I do have a homeless kid in there right now, and both Betty and Veronica like, excuse me, because he had not mentioned this to them before, and that was the way he announced it in the most nonchalant. Yeah, except for right now, because I have a homeless kid living there. It's great. I love it. Oh, everyone just takes this in stride. What an insane oh, oh, town. Oh, they,
1: okay. They confirm they're in. They're they're in um junior year right now mm, yes because uh because joe could be like oh just like me in sophomore year yeah
0: so Yeah, that tracks
1: they are they or are they seniors no
0: no they they'd be juniors no because yeah well, they started as uh uh sophomores last in season oh mm-hmm. yeah there were sophomores in season one right yeah because they were 15. yeah
1: yeah because you're 17 18 uh normally yeah.
0: I mean, well, yeah, no, no, no. They they have to be because um they're talking about holding Archie back a year. Uh, oh no, hmm. Maybe they are seniors. I don't know. It doesn't really matter well, in the long does, run. They're like seventeen. Well,
1: they're probably like seventeen now. I think. like, yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Let's see. So now.
1: Fucking sucks. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when he used to like him. Sorry, he's being a goddamn cop right now.
0: Yeah. Also, I noticed that several of the serpents are wearing their serp- Actually, all the serpents are wearing their serpent jackets, even though we went through like this whole thing about how no gang paraphernalia at school, and that's why they had to create a fake club to begin with. But, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, long story short, uh, Kurtz was the one who stole the chemistry equipment as part of a GNG and g mission. Um, him and Fangs are buttonheads because Kurtz doesn't respect anyone but himself. Um, and Jughead's a useless leader and can't fix this.
1: Yeah, Jughead's just useless. I, just... Just let someone else be the leader, Jughead. You're clearly sad and are bad at it. Uh,
0: great delivery from Fangs there. Um, Jughead's teaching them their laws, so in unity their strength, and all the real serpents repeat it, and Fangs does it very aggressively because he's pissed off. Uh... But, like, I don't know how you expected that to, like, work. (laughs) Especially since, apparently, uh, there are more gargoyles than actual serpents currently. So, like, yeah, Kurtz has, like, all the leverage. (laughs) I don't know why you thought shouting in Unity, their strength at him, was gonna change that.
1: Also, fun fact, that was also the thing that they said in that uh, after-school special about making a bunch of kids act like Nazis on accident.
0: Oh, the wave? The wave, yeah. Yeah. Remember,
1: Unity and Strength?
0: Yeah, that sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so here's Veronica's insane plan to turn her place into a casino. Uh, they've got all this stuff set up. They've hired a bunch of new teens, I guess, to um, run the tables. Um, and Josie asks, you know, well, the question has to be asked. What happens if we're raided? And so Veronica shows her this foolproof plan. Um, in which you just put all the gambling equipment inside cupboards, and um, you know, then of course the cops wouldn't wouldn't look anywhere. They would just see that there's no gambling and say, "Oh, my bad," and leave.
1: Um, when when cops look for things, they tend to just break shit because they want to. Yeah, Th- they're gonna definitely do that to doors.
0: Also, um, once a- once again, your friends. Dad is the sheriff of the town, so yeah <laughs> this this show is weird. I don't know this i they've lost the plot, oh God, and that like uh Jackhead's asking his dad for advice on how to run the serpents, um, and he's like, first, he's like, you gotta figure out what your version of the serpents means, which is an insane thing to say I feel, but basically he says uh they need to have a purpose, a uh, reason to put on the jacket, give them one. <laughs> hey, hey, do you want to turn into cops? Yeah. God. Essentially, that's where this is heading. It's so dumb.
1: Also, are they being cops unpaid?
0: It uh, sounds like it.
1: Why doesn't he just why doesn't he just hire the adults? You know the 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 mothers and fathers? Of
0: the yeah. serpents? so Yes. Still, allegedly, this is a, a real gang with adults in it that we've seen from time to time. They're allegedly somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, being in a gang is like being in the Boy Scouts. Um, once you turn 18, you just sort of get phased out, right? <laughs> um, but Archie comes by Pops after school. Ricky is gone. Pops says that some, uh, Tufts were knocking on the window and scaring him. Um, so he ran off, but he had been drawing on a placemat, and he drew himself being sacrificed by the gargoyles. Ooh, very spooky. Um, and then... It's after school, so Betty's uh, wrapping up for the day, I guess, from working on the blue and gold. And, uh, notices that there's a farm meeting in progress in the chemistry room, so she peeks inside and sees them all holding their hands above Bunsen burners. Um... You know, just doing cult shit.
1: Oh, uh, Bet Yeah, I love that Betty is so obviously spying on them. Like it. She she couldn't have like put herself more in the window.
0: <coughs> right. I mean, none of them noticed, so it seems fine.
1: But, you know, all it takes is like I. I don't know. I. I'm. J- I'm also very twitchy, so maybe I just noticed stuff because I'm twitchy. Mm-hmm. But.
0: I mean, I assume all of them were very focused on not burning their hands, so it turned out all right. Okay. Um. So Archie's talking to Mrs. Weiss or Miss Weiss, the service social service worker. She's going to uh, investigate his records. Meanwhile, they brought a sketch artist, and they made a sketch so they can help find Ricky. <laughs>
1: Also, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I know what your face looks like. If I close my eyes, I could probably see your face. Right. I don't know how to describe your face.
0: Yeah, it's it's an art sketchwork. Um, I assume how they do it is you give, you know, like, oh, they seem to be, you know, about a 10-year-old male, uh, shaggy hair, and, you know, just kind of a broad thing like that, and the sketch artist would make a sketch, and then you'd just refine them from there be like, no, his eyes were, you know, a little closer together than that. No, his nose was a little, you know, more narrow. And and you go through several passes. I think that's how it works. I've never, you know, talked to a sketch artist. Yeah.
1: But I don't know how it would describe me, like, age-wise or you, because I think I yeah. just look like <laughs> like, like, I think both of us look like we're in, like, mid-20s.
0: Yeah, I would have I would say like a mid twenties uh buzzed head.
1: You, you know you know what? I'm not white. That's probably why I look young.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. It is.
1: Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Why people get it the worst with the aging game. It turns out not having melanin makes your skin go bad real easy.
0: Okay, sorry. We're uh we we need to oh, yeah, I need gonna... to pause this because so Ooh. um you know, uh, Ron has a girl boss. She's always hustling. So her dad finds out she's starting a casino. He, like, pops his head in her room. He's like, Mija, I heard you were making, you were opening a casino. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. And she said, I think he said that he has a big client, uh, like the card company guy, coming, and he wants to impress him. So uh, if he can use the speakeasy to, like, wine and dine him uh that would be great and she says yes um i'll help you land this deal but if i do that shave 5% off my debt to you um which i did the math the other night um she owes both of them 75,000 a piece i believe because that's the value of the lab uh so 5% of that was like $3,000 she uh, can make more than that th- in a week hang on let me let me let me double check my math. Five percent of seventy-five thousand is sorry, no, it's uh thirty-seven hundred dollars basically, um, which is a little low for closing a multi-million dollar deal. You could have probably upsold that a little one bit, but then, but then, uh, Gladys is at the speakeasy and she's like, you know, I used to be something of a singer back in the day, a propos of nothing. She's like, I would like to sing here tonight and be the headliner. And Veronica somehow convinces her that this can happen if she, if Gladys shaves 5% off of her debt from Veronica. Um, so essentially, she's convinced this woman to pay almost $4,000 to be the entertainment at this speakeasy. Hello? Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. Like that's like I feel I feel like at this point like they don't care about the money but having power over Veronica.
0: I guess. I mean like Gladys you can spend your money however you want. I personally wouldn't pay $4000 to go sing at essentially a bar. It's not even like a real venue.
1: Yeah, I think I think she just likes having power over Veronica. I think that's it at this point cuz like they don't seem to be too pressed about the money.
0: Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, Hiram, I get, being her dad, you know, when you owe your parents money, it's just sort of like... Yeah. Well, but, like, this is a whole-ass woman who did pay that money to buy this lab. Like, she is out $75,000. Yeah. It's a little weird, in my opinion. Uh, I have no idea what the fuck this... Oh, she was... Uh, Betty's asking Josie about Kevin, because they, of course, live together now, because their parents are married. <laughs> Yeah. Um and she mentions that she has heard Kevin sneaking out at night and she just assumed it was for gay sex but maybe it's actually for cult stuff. Um so Archie uh recruits Jughead to go help look for Ricky. So now Jughead's passing around the sketch to all his serpents inside the fuck bunker for some reason. I don't know why they're in the fuck bunker. Wait,
1: wait, is it still the fuck bunker? They have I have not seen a single scene of anyone fucking in this bunker for a couple episodes, and it's. I mean, that
0: doesn't make it. That doesn't make it no longer the fuck people. I mean, people are fucked in here.
1: I mean, I know they're, they're still definitely still fucking in this bunker.
0: Um, so, Kurtz explains that there are some rogue gargoyles that uh, did not join up with the serpents and are still free agents, and those might be the ones who are tracking Ricky. I I just don't really understand the <laughs> gargoyle dynamic with the serpents. Apparently, they're, like, the majority of the gang now, but, like, I feel like we don't see too many serpents ever. Like, I've never seen more than, like, 15 of them in one place.
1: Yeah, well, remember when they used to fill out a bar? Yeah. like a full vo- like I think the we only see like three serpents now at any time. And it's-
0: well, they they did mention a lot of serpents fled town during Riot Night. Um, oh, yeah, but like, I where, where is everybody? <laughs> yeah, um, so Gladys is up sta- up on stage singing, um, and the the card magnate that Hiram is working with uh, is heckling her essentially. Um, and it gets to a point where, uh, Gladys has enough and pulls out a knife, um, and this somehow means that Veronica decides it's time to, uh, eject this guy, who, despite being an asshole, did not pull a weapon on somebody.
1: Like, yeah.
0: It's like... It it feels like a like uh uh an RPG game where you know you have uh choices that matter and so it's like do you want to piss off Hiram or do you want to piss off Gladys because you you're gonna piss off one of them with your choices you don't have enough charisma to to navigate in between these two and so she chose to piss off Hiram uh, when Gladys much more legitimately like there's a reason to eject her just interesting choice I M O. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Betty has followed Kevin to the woods to see that Evelyn is gonna have them walk across hot coals barefoot.
1: Uh, you know, you want to know a fun fact about walking across hot coals?
0: Yeah, what's that, Jesse? You just
1: walk normal at a normal speed. It doesn't. It do, as long as you're not curling your toes or anything like that. You don't really feel mm-hmm. much because um, there's you're not putting enough contact to it. Like there's actually mm. like a fairly easy way of doing it. And, um, yeah. it's one thing that, uh, Tony Robinson does, mm-hmm. uh, that, that makes him the big bucks. Like he charges like thousands of dollars for like a motivational camp thing. And that's right. how you end it. And it's like a big, well, it is cold. Like, so,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a huge trope in media, the walking on coals thing. Cause it's like like a real thing people can do and, you know, Throughout the years, people have claimed to have divine powers that allow them to surpass pain or whatever and do shit like that. And so, like, yeah. No, it's for sure a thing that you can accomplish. I know that. Uh, so, this this part confused me a little bit because yeah, they were like, oh, where could Ricky be? I know, we should go back to where this all started and see if he's there. And then they go to some, like, abandoned house. I thought it all this, started at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. <laughs>
1: no, this was, um, this was the Ghoulies
0: hideout. This was the Ghoulies hideout. Why? Mm, but, like, why Why is that the origin for... The game came from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. It didn't come from the Ghoulies. Did they? Wait, What? Wait, the ghoulies? Yeah, we learned the origin. We, we, we've we learned the origin of the game, of G&G. Oh,
1: the, I thought you it said was... the gang. Oh.
0: Oh, sorry, the game. The gang. Yeah, they said they're going to oh, yeah. go back to where it all started. Yeah, no, that's just um, to
1: try it. Worse. No, it's filled with cult members right now.
0: Yeah, but, like, where, where, why are they coming here if they're trying to go to, like, where it all started? Well, I, well,
1: maybe maybe it was where was it all started because of the ghoulies, which were basically, you know... This is where, like, the goalies were at and probably was, whole, like, I don't know. Whatever. I just yes. Most and of this was, episode doesn't mm. make a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but they go there and they see a bunch of names on the wall that have been scratched out. And they're all the victims of G&G. Um, and also, Ricky is there. And his name is on the wall, but it's not been crossed out. Same with Archie's. They're the only two that weren't crossed out because they've been branded but they're still alive. Again, I have no idea where they are. Like it might be the ghoulies hideout. It's like it looks derelict, so well, I can't really tell. Well no, like
1: remember remember when uh when they um when Kurtz uh was recruited by
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, huh. Mm-hmm. All right. If you say so. I that I don't get it. Oh, look. he's working on an Apple laptop again. Shout out. Um, so Betty is, I guess, uh, about to finish her op-ed on the farm. And Evelyn and Kevin come in and say, you can't publish that. But he's like, fucking try me. And Evelyn says, uh, if you publish that, then we'll have no choice then to release the information about how you and your mom murdered a guy. And um, had FP help you destroy the body that we know about. Because much like Scientology, part of our indoctrination is having our potential members reveal all their secrets to us so that then then they can't leave
1: well it's um it is a um cult technique it's supposed to ingratiate you to the people but also give them um yeah ammo against you
0: yeah uh like scientology yeah because it makes you feel vulnerable uh, because you're revealing these deep secrets and you know they've accepted you in this vulnerable moment so you bond with them but then also if you ever change your mind they're like hey bud Remember that legal shit you told us about? Yep. Now, there's not actually evidence. Um, I guess Alice might testify that they did do that. That could be a problem. I was going to say, like, I I might call them on that or bluff. Because, like, just because Evelyn says that Betty did that, that doesn't really prove anything. But um, Archie's teaching uh, Ricky how to box and they're talking. um, And Ricky's... You know, info-dumping, all his plot stuff. It's not very interesting.
1: Man, I, just, I hate drugheads so much in this episode.
0: I, I just, like, I don't even understand why anyone listens to this guy. Because, like, all he's doing is using these guys to help his actual friends. That's all he ever does as the leader. It's like, Archie's got a problem, so we're going to put in a lot of effort to help him fix it. We're going to scour the town for this kid. Now we found the kid. We're going to scour the town for the gargoyles that did it to him. Um, and you guys don't get a say in it. You guys aren't even friends with Archie. I don't care. You're doing this for me because I'm the boss. It's like... Anyway, uh, Kurtz tried to throw Fangs off the second floor balcony and murder him. Um, but Archie, or Jughead manages to catch him and, and break his fall. So he's still alive. Yeah. Um, Gladys is pouring herself a drink behind the bar, and this is apparently Veronica's breaking point, uh, as Hiram walks by and explains that this is his speakeasy, um, so now she's gonna do something about this. Reggie says, I miss the serpents. Why are the serpents not working here anymore, though?
1: Yeah, they- they never did anything about-
0: Yeah, there's, like, no reason to fire them. Why- why are the serpents not working anymore? And then, um... We're going to get to this in a sec. But then instead of, uh, you know, going back to the Serpents, whom presumably she has a great working relationship with, because, again, we there's doesn't seem to be any indication that they were fired or anything, um, she decides, do you know who could really stop a mob boss and a gang leader from coming into my premise? A bunch of teenage girls. Yep. Because <laughs> at least with the Serpents, like, nominally... There's theoretically adults in this gang as well. The pretty poisons are 100% lead built, uh, completely full of just adolescent girls. That's it.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is where... Oh my god.
0: Yep. Oh and so Drughead has this brilliant idea um, that he's gonna... <laughs> the reveal comes later, but yeah, he's gonna deputize all the serpents. Um, which is insane. I
1: really think they're not gonna... I think they're just doing... Not getting paid.
0: No, I don't no, think they no, are. they're
1: getting paid in college
0: credits. Oh, that's right, yeah.
1: Oh my god, I hate that. If we're gonna be a cop, I at least get a cop salary. Like, okay. Yeah, so we cut to the top side of the bond, are we? A.k.a. Pops. Mm-hmm. And, um... Veronica pays, uh... Tony, the theoretical leader of the Pretty Poisons, right. in advance for uh, them to protect the, everything.
0: Yeah. So the Pretty Poisons have been hired as uh, Speakeasy Security. Uh, meanwhile, Betty gets home, and it's too late. The house has been sold. Um, although... Insanely... Um, Alice says, in typical Riverdale fashion, it was an anonymous buyer, so I don't know who has owns this house now. <laughs> yep, here we go. Now, now, Jughead is explaining how he's going to deputize the serpents.
1: Yeah, basically all the serpents slash get deputized, and it's dumb and awful.
0: And they're, like, all okay with this somehow? Like, presumably all of them have been harassed by cops before, that's kind of what happens when you're porn in a gang. Um, but they're all like, oh, this is so cool. I love working for the police and obeying the law. And this somehow, like, turns the tables on Kurtz. Uh I guess they managed to convince all the gargoyles somehow off screen. But, like, F.P.'s like, if it's not anonymous, well, there's the door, bub. Like, I don't understand why the gargoyles were incentivized to join the cops either. Like I feel like they would walk with courage, because like they wanna have all the leverage in this gang and this is their gang now, they're the majority. And two, like what? Okay. <laughs> Very confusing.
1: Here's a thing that I feel would be incentive to become a cop if you're were in a gang and you get
0: mm-hmm.
1: you don't have to do you don't have to do anything and you have all the power of a cop, which is almost omnipotent at this point. I guess. I mean, you'd still have to be a cop, but like, you know, if you're going to be deputized, like, you might as well do it even if you're a scumbag because that's who cops are. So. Uh,
0: Meanwhile, Archie uh, has received a phone call from Miss Weiss um, and learned that Ricky's last name is not, in fact, D like he thought, but D Santos, Uh, as in Joaquin D Santos's little brother. Who has a history of violence.
1: Why don't I have a dun 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 on my on my soundboard?
0: I don't know. I'm sorry, Jesse. Um,
1: okay, wait. Here's the closest one I have.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Closest
1: I have. I do need to get a dun 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 though.
0: You remember a uh, drama Gopher? What a classic. Yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah. The way he turn around all dramatic. Great stuff. Love that stuff,
1: man! Remember when YouTube wasn't filled with alt-right shitheads?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ricky's missing. Um, when Archie came back from his call, he had disappeared, and it's like spooky. Oh no! What's what's his plan? And he turns around and Ricky's standing there with a fucking knife. And he explains, "This is the only way the gargoyles will let him in to play the game with them." Uh, Archie tries to convince him this isn't what he wants to do. Uh, Ricky reveals that, in fact, the brand on his forearm was not done by the gargoyles, but by himself, in order to convince Archie to let him into his home. This has all been a long con on Archie Andrews. Also, oh, I should point out, Jesse, Archie read the wall. He can read names, at least. Nope, he can. Also, very
1: very coincidental. Fred gets hit like right after he gets stabbed, which is
0: oh yeah. good. Like, yeah.
1: He could have been laying there down there dying.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it was uh it was a slash, which is always better than a stab. Uh if you want to hurt someone, you want to go for a stab because uh that pushes in all the bacteria deep inside. Uh whereas a slash is very kind of superficial. Yeah. So, uh, Fred just kind of bandages him up, and it's fine. And they find the quest card that he dropped when he fled the scene, which, uh, is to kill the Red Paladin, which Archie reads! So, there we go. We've got definitive proof, Jesse. You know,
1: sometimes you figure out Archie knows how to read.
0: Yeah, sometimes we learn that Archie's, in fact, literate.
1: Well, I mean, well, Betty did a good job teaching him what he was doing. Yeah. Also, again, uh, I'm not making fun of people who are illiterate. That's an actual problem. <laughs> but Archie Andrews. Mm.
0: Um, so, Tony's getting ready for her first day of work. And she asks Cheryl if she wants to come. And Cheryl says she's not interested. And gives her kind of the cold shoulder. Ugh, oh, this is so dumb. So, Galata shows up, ready to go to her usual hangout. And um, two pretty poisons block her path and say that she's no longer welcome here. Um... And she just listens to them, basically. After Ron is like, fuck off. Which is insane. For so many different reasons. Uh, Least of all, the fact that Gladys is, like, blackmailing Veronica and could just, like, use that. Like, I don't know. And then Hiram also gets turned away (laughs) and somehow listens to that. Again, very confused. I'm very confused, Jesse.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why anyone would listen to... Again... She's a child.
0: All all these young women are like 5'4 and can't weigh more than 120 pounds. Either Gladys or Hiram could probably fight all three of them uh at once if they really wanted to, by themselves. I know. Much less all their various enforcers they have. I
1: know for a fact Hiram could lift up Veronica and throw yeah. her a decent amount of
0: just yeah, Hiram's actually pretty fucking ripped, so that's not even really fair. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Gladys definitely, I think, could also beat the shit out of all of them if she wanted to. I mean... It's very weird that yeah. they... Uh, if she
1: didn't punch them, she would stab them. Because she's really okay yeah. with that knife.
0: Yeah, Gladys uh, is not above murder, so... Uh, Betty's being depressed. Her mom runs off to do an errand and says, I expect this room to be packed up by the time I come home. Um, and so... Dark Betty's about to commit some light arson. No big deal.
1: You know, she's really, uh, capturing her inner Cheryl.
0: Yeah, for sure. This is a classic Cheryl move. She's showing that she really does have some, uh, blossom blood in her. Yeah. Meanwhile, the serpents are cleaning up that gargoyle hideout with all the names on the wall. Because this is going to be their new hangout, I guess, for some reason. I uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be the new serpent HQ. What what was wrong with where they were previously hanging out? I don't know.
1: I, I think it's just because maybe they just they just got a new set and they're just like we better we better stay here. We better yeah, use this.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong.
1: Although, how much do you think the fuck bunker shows up in next season?
0: Mm, that's a good question. I have no idea. Probably pretty prominently. It's a great location.
1: It is a great location, and um, there, there's a whole scene where Betty's like, just like, has a shit-eating grin. Yeah. She's so like, "Oh, you're looking very cheery."
0: And then we smash cut to Alice coming home and seeing the house ablaze, and that's the stinger that we end the episode on.
1: Yeah. Well, no, the stinger is it's Rip, Luke Perry.
0: Oh. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's why I don't remember. I didn't see that. Yep, there it is. In memoriam uh, Luke Perry 1966 through 2019. RIP king.
1: Oh, you know, you they're only you're one of the best best actors out here and also the only good dad. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: So that's that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I want to ask you a couple things. Sure. Uh how did, did you look at the 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 Set photos or the photos that they have of uh the live action uh cowboy bebop, I did.
0: Yes, the cowboy bebop, yes. John, John Chow yeah. looking
1: kind of hot. Uh, and,
0: yeah, that. I don't mind, it. I
1: don't mind that either. Also, the way that they made uh, they also the way they did Fay up, also mm-hmm. pretty hot. The way that they did Jet. I don't know, pretty hot. <laughs> turns
0: I think Jet is the most successful in the costuming yeah. uh, department. He looks really good. I, th- um, I think I like Fay's the least, but they're all decent. They,
1: well, no, like, okay. So here's here's the reason why I like Faye a lot. First off, really short mm-hmm. shorts, stockings, mm-hmm. and thigh-high boots. It just look like, mm. mm. I think they should have she should have had the orange headband though. Um but no, they have I in there. Where the fuck is Ed? Show me fucking Everyone's Ed. Asking that. Show yeah. me Ed. Yeah. You can't show me <laughs> Ein without Ed. They are a package deal.
0: So, I uh I did see someone call it uh say it looks like cheap cosplay and I found that a very confusing sentence. No, it looks like, like very
1: it looks like very practical Jet, cosplay that you can move around.
0: Jed's outfit Is just a blazer that like you can buy like a. It's just a blazer. It's like a regular blazer. It's got like a little like belt on the side that give it a little bit of something. But like basically, it's just a blazer. Like how do you? Like what are you expecting it to look like, my guy? Spike
1: is he's just wearing a suit. He's he's a skinny dude in a suit. like,
0: Like that's that is just the costume. Like I don't know. What you expected it to like? What, did you want it out of leather? Like, my, what, what are you even like, saying? No,
1: no, it looks like cosplay. What
0: doesn't? What does an expensive jet cosplay look like? No,
1: okay, like, okay, here's here's my thing. It looks like costuming they can move around in, so they can yeah. act actually. Which yeah. you know what? You kind of need that in a live action thing. Yeah, like, so I don't understand, like. Also, I still, I still need to know where Ed is. Like Ed was, Ed Mm -hmm. and I were my favorite parts of the show. Where, Mm -hmm. where are they at? But, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's. uh, They did a couple of thirst traps with John Chow.
0: Yeah, seems seems fine so far. Yeah,
1: hopefully it doesn't suck somehow. Yeah. Um, that's mostly what I mean, like, want to
0: know. Ultimately, like, Cowboy Bebop's not known for its visuals, so, like, I don't... I'm not super concerned about the costume. It's all about the tone, right? No, no, if, it's
1: all about the if tone. If they
0: can nail the tone or not. Yeah, yeah they, So, like, we really won't know until it's out.
1: Yeah, like, like, and it's, like... Sure, are there some cool shootouts? Guess what? You can easily do cool shootouts mm. in live action also. Like, uh, most of it's just, like... Tone and dialogue.
0: Yeah. Like... It's a very grounded anime, so, like, it's a decent pick for an adaptation. It's just, like, if they can hit the tone or not. That's literally all it's gonna come down to. Yeah,
1: I don't understand why anyone is complaining, except for the lack of Ed being shown. Because
0: people like to be mad.
1: No, like... That's it. Well, I mean, yeah, people like to be mad. I am a little upset that there's no... You need to show me Ed. Ed is a very important character. But... uh, But, yeah, as long as they get someone, like, sufficiently, like... Noodly, Mm -hmm. you know uh but yeah i don't know that's that's most of what i have to say i haven't watched anything really i just been playing yeah i've just been obsessively playing a hard space shipbreaker so
0: Mm. well i've watched a few things that i can recommend then no
1: what will you watch uh
0: first of all uh reservation dogs uh, on FX and Hulu, it's a the hot new thing, um, produced and partially created by Taika Waititi and uh, I believe the other guy's name's like Harlan Sturjo or something like that. I always forget that dude's name and I feel really bad about it. But um, it's uh, about like four Native kids on a reservation in Oklahoma trying to get out and you know living res life. And from everything I've read about it, it's extremely accurate to, uh, how actual res life is, which makes sense with, cause, uh, Harlan is from a reservation in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I've watched the first, like, four episodes, um, cause it's coming out weekly. Uh, it's funny. It's good. I'm enjoying it. And, um, it's indigenous as fuck. <laughs> uh, I've read some, uh, interviews and stuff about it, and, um... Beyond just having the cast uh, be basically all indigenous, um, Harlan, I hope that's his name, (laughs) but uh, worked really hard to make sure that um, basically any aspect he could of the production was also indigenous. So from, you know, uh, crew to craft services to costuming to makeup, anywhere where he could put a native person he did, which I think is really cool.
1: That is nice, I will say. I'm very pro that. That's, uh, uh, you know, and the fact that it's get uh, I, I've heard that it's getting pretty good reviews just in general mm-hmm. from people who are not you know super into just like re- representation.
0: Yeah, they yeah. um, on on top of the representation, it is also a good TV show, yeah. which is what I like to lead. There there has been a trend over the years of of people leading with the representation part, and I'm like, that's really cool, but, like, is the thing enjoyable to watch? Yeah. And so I'm here to tell you it's enjoyable to watch and also so, it has great representation. Yeah,
1: I am... No, I I agree with you. You know what? Yeah. I love being represented. If it's a shit mm-hmm. show, I'm not watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's very cool that you've told me all the different diverse people in it. Is the show any good? Like,
1: because like, at this point, representation... Does it matter? Yes, but also maybe put some effort into it.
0: Yeah, like it's also I have to like enjoy watching it. That like that's it. Yeah. Um. So that's my main one, and then secondarily, uh, I'll say I watched Freaky over the weekend, which I think you told me about, Jesse. It's um. You know, a Freaky Friday situation, except for instead of a mom and a teen daughter, it is a teen daughter, and uh, Vince Vaughn is a serial killer. Yes,
1: and I just haven't watched it, but I was still super interested. It's
0: it's good? Yep, it's on HBO Max, so you can go check it out. Yeah.
1: I swear HBO Max would be the best streaming service if it didn't have one of the crappiest UIs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the platform itself is very poorly made. Um, well... Uh, to tie it back into River there, though, uh, the, the main girl is a little blonde girl, right? Yeah. Um, When it's Vince Vaughn in her body, you know, they have to make her scary. So they put her hair up in a ponytail and give her a leather jacket, and it just looks like Dark Betty. Oh. It just looks like it's a movie about Dark Betty.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: It. Yeah. Oh, man. It, that, that enhanced my experience watching it, was being able to say, that looks a lot like Dark Betty. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm gonna put that on... I'm gonna just, like, have that as a thing that I'm gonna probably watch.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's a a campy little trim, like, 100 or hour and 40 minutes. Good times, good times. That's nice. Yeah. Um...
1: Wait, did I watch anything? See, I feel like I did watch something. Is the, um... Did you watch Reminiscence?
0: No, that's the movie that Daniel Wu looks like a scumbag in.
1: Yeah, which I... Man, I love it. Uh...
0: I might check it out the initial trailer i saw for it made it look like um inception meets like internal sunshine i was like this looks kind of dumb then i saw a second trailer for it where it's uh it's like that because the world is a post-apocalypse and has been flooded due to climate change i was like okay that actually sounds like kind of an interesting premise now
1: okay i, okay. I felt okay saying like being like oh inception's kind of dumb that's okay but internal sunshine
0: It's a fine movie. That doesn't mean I want to watch Hugh Jackman pine for an imaginary woman in his mind for two hours.
1: But I like it. I like that thing. It's just one of the movies I watch when I want to cry.
0: Yeah, but, like, imagine Eternal Sunshine if it were, like, a fucking Inception thriller is what the trailer I saw made it look like. That I mean, if that appeals to you, more power to you. That's not something I'm necessarily, like, looking to watch.
1: Okay, I understand. Uh, Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, if you want to watch eight legged freaks, that's also on um, HBO Max.
0: Oh, wait, well, there you go. Also,
1: Free Willy, both Free Willy movies.
0: So, uh, uh, the Jurassic Park original trilogy is on there as well. They added a bunch of stuff. You recently. know,
1: you know what I've never watched Jurassic Park Water Two.
0: Wow, I've watched
1: three like a billion times. Never watched one or two.
0: Hey Jesse, one is pretty good. You should probably check out one at least.
1: But but yeah, but it will it compare to three at all? I've watched that so many times.
0: I don't know that I've ever seen Jurassic Park three. I think I've only seen one and two, so I can't tell you. Uh,
1: but now yeah, there's a. I don't know. I feel like I felt like I've No, I've finished Space Stars. Oh, I watched mm. uh, Godzilla Singular Point.
0: Mm, I heard that was Do decent. I,
1: Do I recommend it? Let's just say I don't know why it's a Godzilla thing.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Hmm.
1: It feels like they wanted to do like a time travel anime thing, but they were just like, why don't we just put Godzilla in the title so people watch it?
0: You know, sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. You have a cool idea for a show, um, but the only show you can get is Godzilla. And so you make do.
1: Um, no, wait. Uh oh, you know what? Uh, uh, I think you should leave season two. I think has some pretty pretty solid sketches in it. Mm. My favorite one is uh Henry Havoc. I want to say, like you probably see the memes all over the place. Like the guy had like way too much stuff that's just like captioned "I have too much fucking shit on me." Uh, mm, I don't know. Maybe it has a lot of good. You know, it has a lot of good screenshotable moments. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Riverdale. I don't i watch more Flash. Flash is aggressively okay like it normally is. <laughs> like, have I really done anything? Why haven't I watched the new season of, of Renona Arp
0: yet? I don't know. I
1: don't know. I mean, maybe that's what I'm going to watch next.
0: Okay. Man. Do it. Coward.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, fucking, fucking asshole. Bitch, why don't you watch a show that you like a lot, asshole?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think it's your turn. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, something.
1: Uh, this. uh Um, uh, don't be a cop.
0: Don't be a cop.
1: Yeah. Bye. Bye.
0: I guess. Bye. <laughs> I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my nano. That means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Get my pretty name out of your mouth. We are not the same with or without.